Welcome to SHIFT, a college admissions ACT and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable ACT course that includes everything you need to ace your ACT test. A full textbook, tons of ACT questions backed by our memory-enhancing algorithm, a built-in study planner, and plenty of full-length practice exams. You can get a free trial by going to achievable.me, and if you like it, code podcast will get you 10% off at checkout. Now, let's get started. So today, we've got Travis Miner from Open Door Education with us. And Travis, I'd love if you could just introduce yourself. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Tyler. My name is Travis Miner, and I'm the founder and owner of Open Door Education. We're a tutoring, test preparation, and organizational coaching business located in Acton, Massachusetts. We've been helping students for, at this point, more than 10 years. Uh, We work with students both in person at our office here in Acton, and we also meet with students remotely via Zoom from all over the world. Yeah, fantastic. And so today we're going to be talking about something that's right in your wheelhouse, which is uh, the new digital SAT. Um, it's something that has been sort of foreboding for a lot of people. We're, we're recording this, by the way, in May 2023, just so if you're listening to this later. Uh, but... I'm curious, sort of, if you could summarize, like, what are the big changes? Like, take, from somebody, for someone who's never looked at this before or maybe isn't familiar with either the old one or what the new one's going to be, um, if you could just, like, give a high-level summary of the big things, that'd be great. Absolutely. So the biggest things that are changing for the digital SAT is that it will now be a computer-based test. So students will take it on a laptop or a tablet or a desktop. I think most kids will take it on a laptop. Uh, It will be adaptive by section, meaning that uh, for both the reading and writing modules, of which there are two, and the math modules, of which there are also two, the second module will vary for each student depending on how well they did on the first. So students who do well on the first section will receive a more difficult second module. Students who have a difficult time on the first module will receive a slightly easier second module. Uh, following that, uh, be, or I should say because of that, the test will ultimately be shorter, clocking in at about two hours and 15 minutes compared to the current three plus hour uh, administration of the SAT. Um, and I think the biggest sort of, I guess what I would say the personality shift of the test is that the reading and writing sections in the past have been passage-based in that there was a long reading passage followed by 10 or 11 questions about it. The the writing section would be made up of four writing passages with 11 questions for each passage. That's no longer going to be the case. Each question in the Mm -hmm. reading and writing section has its own passage, which makes this much more a, a test of individual questions as opposed to a test of passages, which personally, I'm really excited about. Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be a big thing. Um, that's that's probably the most material change, particularly on on the reading and writing section. Do you feel like that's going to be easier for students or harder? And kind of, what do you feel like is going to be different about the way you need to approach it? Sure, I I think it will be more applicable. Um, and I don't want to spend too much time on my English teacher soapbox. Like I, I think there is a sense that reading and decoding long texts is an important skill. It's a skill that's important in high school. It's important in college. It's important in the workforce. And we want to ensure that students don't 
lose that skill or continue to develop that skill. However, for the purposes of a test like the SAT, I think the shorter passages make a lot of sense. And I think they make a lot of sense in part because it's going to improve question quality. That let's say that the SAT has selected a certain passage that they're going to test students on. Most of the questions might be quite good, but also there may be an element of, well, we need to have X number of questions for this passage. We need to have X distribution of question types. And so you might end up with questions that get a little bit forced. I'm, I'm sure any experienced tutor who spent a lot of time with these tests has a couple of questions that jump to mind that they think, yeah, you know, that's the right answer is justifiable, but there's a little bit more shades of gray than there should be in this question. Um, and going mm -hmm. forward, the essay is essentially going to be pairing a single question with a single passage, which leads me to believe and hope that that question is going to be of extremely high quality because it, it is the best question that could be asked for their particular purposes based on this test ex text excerpt. Um, and so I, right. hope, I hope that we see the overall quest quality of questions improve. The other, the other outcomes here that I think are really important. First, sometimes students are intimidated by certain passages, and usually it's the old-timey passage. It, it might be debates from the 1800s that uh, was given in 1790. And in these passages, the questions themselves don't actually have to be that difficult. Yes, they're based on a difficult, uh, a difficult text, but the questions themselves mm -hmm. don't need to be that challenging. But I see students psych themselves out about this all the time, that because the passage is hard, they presume the, the questions have to be hard and that they won't be able to answer them. And when, when a student encounters a passage like that on the SAT, I think that can really rattle them, especially if they have to spend a good 10 to 15 minutes with it. Whereas here, you know, you might encounter some tricky, frustrating passages that you don't feel like you fully understand, but you only have to deal with one question related to it, and you can move on to the next thing. And so it also allows students to a little bit more easily navigate the section where they might they might put down an answer, flag a question, move on to other stuff, and then come back to it later and actually be able to give it like an earnest try. It's not like they're coming back to a full passage that they then have to again Im immerse themselves in and find their way around no they're coming back to a single question about a single passage and i think that'll benefit uh students in several ways um not the least of which is that allows them to be more targeted in their practice focusing on what's actually toughest for them yeah no i think that makes a lot of sense i also think it'll probably be easier for like english second language students for a lot of the same reasons right like at the end of the day you don't have to like dig through this huge passage to figure out what's even going to answer the question that you're being asked right like you can just kind of go through it and like you know it's in there i hope so it's and the questions that they've released so far personally i i've been impressed i think i think they uh, are many of the questions are asking about argumentation in a way that feels really relevant and important and drawing logical conclusions and completing ideas based on sort of logical sequence of, of relationships and thinking about what sort of world are we preparing students for? 
a world in which a student can recognize and uh, sort of break down the components of an argument and understand how the logic within that argument flows. I, I think that's a really important skill and, and I'm hopeful that this SAT is earnestly incorporating more of that. Great. Yeah, and then um, let's quickly talk about any changes to sort of the math section. I feel like the math section content isn't radically different, but do you have any thoughts on that? The biggest change isn't the math itself, but the tools available. That the, uh, mm -hmm. the math section is going to include a Desmos calculator. If anyone isn't familiar with Desmos, check it out. It is a cool uh, online tool. It's essentially an online graphing calculator, but has a lot of functionality. Personally, I'm only scratching the surface. Students will now be able to use this calculator on screen as they are taking the math section of the SAT. What we've seen so far is of the released questions, a lot of them can be answered just through effective use of the calculator. Even if a student doesn't feel all that comfortable with the underlying content, they can use this tool effectively and still arrive at an answer. And I, I really love the way that this is testing resourcefulness in a way I feel that we haven't seen before with the SAT, um, that uh, a student can simultaneously recognize, I haven't really learned this concept. I haven't encountered this in math. I, I don't know exactly what this graph should look like based on the equation. But if this student knows that they can use the Desmos calculator and they understand how to use it effectively, it's it's going to allow them to answer a lot of questions that otherwise might feel out of reach. And given how much of today's work relies not on knowing things innately, but understanding how to figure them out, how to use tools effectively in our work, I think it's a great change. Yeah, I also think it's, I mean, first off, um, there's no more no calculator section, which is great mm -hmm. for people that didn't like that. Um, and then second off, like you said, I mean, the Desmos calculator is a lot better than a lot of the calculators that you get on other tests, right? Like we both have work in the GRE arena and the GRE is for graduate school mm -hmm. and the calculator for that thing is like what you would find on your Windows computer. Like it's really <laughs> not very helpful. Um, so Desmos, that's a big upgrade. And then I, I find it interesting that it essentially is less about knowing how to do the math and more about knowing what math to apply. Do you feel like that's going to create like a different emphasis for students studying on just like formula memorization or like identification maybe of like what the problem is actually asking or, or things like that? I'm I'm hopeful. It's the, the there's been a lot of analysis done of the tests that have been released so far, um, which really at this point we are trying to draw every possible ounce of meaning we can from something that <laughs> we may be drawing some conclusions a little bit too quickly here. Um, but what it looks like so far is some shifts in types of math that's emphasized that the, the SAT has always been algebra heavy. It looks like they're incorporating a little bit more geometry. Um, we're also seeing that certain types of concepts that haven't been tested as much in the path, past, especially those uh, relating to exponential growth functions, compound interest, um, that those are those appear to be more prevalent on this test. I'm not sure if this is part of a concerted effort to be emphasizing math that feels more relevant. Um, 
but regardless of the intent, I, I think that needs to be some of the, some of the effect at least. Right. Got it. Yeah. And then let's talk, we, I, I meant to do this at the beginning, but let's talk about kind of the two big macro changes. Um, macro change number one is it's a computer-based test versus a paper test. And then number two is that it's a, it's an adapted bisection test. So for the computer-based test, this is something that students have actually been asking for for a while from what I've heard. So do you feel like that is there anything that you want to say other than it's on a computer? It'll maybe be easier for today's digital kids. Is there anything else that's important to note about that? Um, not a whole lot, honestly. I think this yeah. change is like tough and tricky for like those of us who didn't grow up taking tests or doing everything on a computer. But for the students I've talked to, it's no big deal. Um, I'm sure cool. there, are, there are certain individual students who may have more complicated relationship with it, or there may be different accommodations that that may be appropriate. But for a lot of students, frankly, this makes sense. And it's kind of silly to them that this wasn't already the case. Right. Yeah. And then that kind of leads to the second part, which is the section adaptive part. So this is new. Uh, I don't think any undergraduate admissions test has ever been adaptive, right? I believe this um, is the, the first. The GRE and the GMAT have been adaptive in the past. They're both for graduate school. Um, but I think just like there's some general tips about like taking adaptive tests that I think are important here. Like the first is um, don't try whether, yeah, if you're listening to this and you're going to take the new SAT, like don't try to overthink what section you're in right? Like if you're in the second section, you feel like the questions are easy and you're like, oh God, I got too many wrong in the first part. Like, don't worry about that. Or if the questions are really hard, you're like, oh, I must be in the hard part. In general, it's just like, you're going to, your score is going to end up in the right place. So just like focus on doing the best that you can. Um, and then is there any, is there anything else on sort of adaptive tests that's worth mentioning? Uh, honestly, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. Do the best that you possibly can. If you get the harder section, great. Potentially there's a higher ceiling on your score, but there's going to be significant overlap in the score ranges from the the harder and easier module and it's we will surely in the next couple of months and years, we will surely hear people talking about the gamesmanship of of how you can like strategize relating to the adaptive section. Just do your best. Do the best you can. Yeah, that, focus on the question. That's not you. worth worrying about. Absolutely. And if people are trying to tell you that you can like somehow manipulate it, like don't listen to them. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good indication you you should find a um a different a advisor. Different yeah. 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 I think in general, um the other thing too with the adaptive tests is that they do it does mean that particularly if you're aiming for like a top school, you're aiming for a top score. You might need to practice more difficult questions as you're getting prepared because you'll be getting the second section that's harder, that's more difficult. And then also probably like you might see a little bit wider range of difficult questions, like more like that's something at least that happens on the GRE where you get some questions that you would have never seen on the medium or easy section that in the hard section. It's we we don't have enough information because the new digital test is so new, but mm -hmm. it is 
one of the things that is uh, sort of a, a good problem to have for a student who's shooting for an exceptionally competitive score, they're going to need to practice a very wide range of challenging topics, even though the reality is that they're not they're going to have fewer questions on this test than they've had in the past, but that those fewer harder questions are drawing from an off, awfully big reservoir. Um, I do think though that the way, especially both in, uh, it's always been the case in math, but in reading and writing, the way the questions are each tied to an individual passage also is going to allow folks to be more effective in their preparation because they can identify what types of reading and writing questions are toughest for me and practice those specifically without having to do a whole passage with a bunch of other questions. It's easier to hone in on what's tough and spend our time on that. Great. Yeah, it makes sense. And then any other thoughts on the digital SAT transition or what's new? And uh, so, you know, what questions are you getting from parents that maybe you just want to address here? Honestly, the biggest challenge that, that folks are facing is related to the timing of the test that if I have a student who is a junior in the spring of 2023, they're part of the class of, um, or, or who's a sophomore in the spring of 2023, they're part of the class of 2025, that the challenge they're really looking at is, do I, do I try to get my prep done fast before the test goes digital? Or do I wait, hold off and take the digital test? And the best way to make that decision is to get some experience. Try diagnostics, try diagnostic SAT, a diagnostic ACT, and with the SAT, you might try both a paper and digital test. That alone might give you a really clear indication which path is best for you. Follow the numbers um, and also know it is, it is okay to wait to take the digital test in March. I think some people might be a little bit squirrely about that, thinking is this new test, is it, um, it's it's new. New things can be scary. I as long as you go into that test knowing it probably won't be the only SAT that you will take. I don't think there's any reason not to take it. Um, embrace the change and uh, recognize that although this feels really big right now, ultimately this is just going to be one small ripple along the way. Yeah, and then the other thing too is. Um... I also have heard that some people are just taking the uh, ACT just to dodge the whole thing entirely. Yeah, it's, as long as the ACT is a legitimately good fit for a student, by all means, go for it. If you're like, I don't want to deal with the college board's nonsense with the paper test, the digital test, the changes, the inconsistent. I just want to take a test. I know what to expect. It's not going to change on me. By all means, go ACT. I would just implore families to do your due diligence by taking a diagnostic to make sure it's a good fit. But as long as it is, yeah, step on that gas pedal and go for the ACT. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been Shift, a college admissions podcast for a changing world, hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Travis Miner from Open Door Education. You can get a free trial of Achievable's ACT course by going to achievable.me. And if you like it, use the code podcast to get 10% off at checkout.